Count down for me. Three, two, one. Bam, we're live. Hey, thanks for doing this. It's early as shit, right? It's a little early, but it's all good. We're here. Uh, what time do you normally get up? I feel like on Sundays I like to sleep until like 8, Oh, I'm sorry. No, dude, you're fine. Okay. I love it. And I forgot that it was daylight savings time. I thought we lost. I always get confused. I thought we lost an hour. We gained an hour. So we're good. We got all the hours over here. Okay. I don't even, um, it's weird back in the day, um, when you were still in your dad's sack, uh, we actually had to change our clocks, Couldn't but now it's just your phone. Just, I don't even know. I don't, I just, my phone just tells me I, I'm just a tool of the man. I just at what time is it? It's like when the microwave is like, it will probably oh. stay an hour ahead for the rest of the time. Oh, okay. Right. There are things like that. Yeah. Same with me. I have, I have like a bunch of clocks in my garage and they'll, and they never, I just like, Oh, they'll be right again in six months. Exactly. Aren't they trying to do away with that? Like, isn't it kind of, it's not that it's silly now, but it was, it was like agricultural based, right? Like it was for the farmers. And I think so. I think so. I heard that um, uh, time change causes myocarditis. I saw an article yesterday. I don't know what that means. It means bad for your heart. Oh, everything's well, everything's bad for your heart these days. That's the new. Um, that's that the makes new sense. thing. Checks out. Yes, yes. Uh, dude, the stash is fire. Thank you, man. I just shaved everything up the other day. Um, we're just rocking the stash for November. Microwave, oven, car. I think Arizona has never observed daylight savings. I think you're right. I think Arizona is just like, fuck you. Yeah, there's like a weird like vortex or something. Like they call it the vortex. They're like, they don't do it. So for six months, I think though their clocks will be right and that we all fall back. I don't know. Sevon, my son says, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up, dude? What's up, son? What's up, Mr. Uh, uh, young G- Sedone Jr.? And I already said the F word. If I would have known, I would have tried. I would have tried to hold it in. Seriously, I would have. Tell your son, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, are you, what, what, so you're, are you chomping at the bit to, to get out there and, and compete? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I got two, like, two competitions over the next three weeks or two weeks, really, I guess now. Um, and I'm very, very fired up for both of what, them. Are, are, are you going to Australia? Yeah. Oh, no shit. Who are you competing with? What team? Um, compete with Khan and Ricky. Oh my goodness, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be super fun. That kind of came about like super organically, but, but like every, everything fell into place really well. Um, but yeah, I get to go down, throw down with them. Zalo's games the weekend before. I fly out like the night of uh, the last day of the Zalos games. So should be a fun couple weeks. I'm going to pull up a calendar here. So you, where's it? Oh, it's over here. Uh, so um, the Zalos games start on f- Friday or Saturday? I believe it's Saturday. Saturday okay, and Sunday. They start on the 12th. And then you're saying on the night of the 13th, you cruise over to that little airport. What is it? McKellen? Yeah, McCarran. McCarran. And then I go to LA and then I go to Sydney. Wow. Speaking of time changes, like you either lose a day or gain a day. Yeah. I, I get, I leave Sunday night and uh-huh. get there Tuesday morning. So and then I that lose an entire day. you lose an entire day. And then that down under thing starts on the 18th. 
Yes. So you have the 16th, a Wednesday, and the 17th to unravel your 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 sleep disorder. Yeah, it should be enough time, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's going to be rough, but I wanted to make them both work. I wanted to do the Zalos games because I heard like there's so many good athletes coming and like a couple friends coming out, and yeah, it's, it's just going to be a good time. Plus, it's at our home gym. It's in Las Vegas. I so I really appreciate you. I didn't know this until I'm sitting here looking at you, but I really appreciate you doing it. Because and here's the I think it's a um, innovative event. I think it's different. It's the the qualifiers before or the the broadcasted event is to hype it up, not the climax. I like I like the thought of that. I like the fact that it's just Jared, just one guy, just trying to pull this thing together. Well, obviously, as a team of guys, but he's yeah. trying to pull this together. It's all, um, and it feels very communal in that sense, sort of like this podcast. Everyone who helps me on the podcast is just communal. Everyone's just diving. And I feel that way about the Zello games, and I'm glad he included us in it. I'm excited to see how we're going to fuck it up. I mean, enhance it. Yeah, I think it's super cool that you guys are part of it, part of the broadcast. Um yeah, dude, it's just – and I get to see him, like, working his butt off and, like, how much time he puts into it. And Because he's your housemate. He is my housemate. He's my flatmate. But Did you feel obligated to do it because of that? No. 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 Um, hopefully he didn't feel obligated to ask me because of that. Oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> he didn't. He's like, out of pity. He's like, hell, yeah. I've been talking about it a lot. Hey, Matt, you want to do this? Um, but yeah, man, it should be fun. Um, yeah, I think, I think if you're talking about the season of CrossFit as well, like this is a very good, uh, step in the right direction for like a fully competitive season, like a fully competitive year, giving athletes like opportunities, you know, if you're not a top dog and you can't do rogue or you can't travel to Dubai, it's like, we have other competitions in the States. Um, yeah, I think it should be good. And it, to be honest, it gives all the people in sort of my um, little quadrant um, opportunities also because all my numbers will skyrocket. All Everyone who makes content, all of their numbers will skyrocket too. We'll cover right. this. Morning Chalk Up, myself. I don't know if Nate Edwardson or Craig Ritchie or the Buttery Bros. I don't know what they're covering or talking elite fitness, but all anyone who covers it will get a boost in our numbers. So it opens up opportunities for us if we want them, just like it opens up opportunities for you. Vendors, right. all that shit. Yeah, because I feel like up until now, you really have the the same kind of like three or four competitions that are bookmarked throughout the year, right? It's like Wadapalooza, uh, semifinals, uh, games, you know, Rogue. Like there are just certain bookmarks. And so it's nice to kind of add some of those in throughout the year. And, you know, it, you know he's, 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 he's paying and, and he's doing all the right things and making sure that this is going to be like. We'll see if he's going to pay. I don't trust yeah. nobody. No, <laughs> dude, all that stuff that is so uh, so for all the athletes, man. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about that. I saw something on it this morning, and I was like, mm, "Wait, wait, you saw something just about whether the they're going to get paid or not?" It was something talking about the one of the European ones, and like a uh, spectator, like like basically like based on capacity, based on how many people they bring in, that determines the prize pool. So oh. if there's sixty percent capacity at an event there's essentially no prize money and if there's a hundred percent you know like it varies based on that but i think that's that's super interesting way to like force it back on the athletes is like oh if you don't promote it right if you don't promote this if you don't do your job 
to entertain or like create a spectacle, create a, create an event that people would want to come see, then you're not going to get paid. And it's like, is that on the athlete or is that on the venue or not on the, like, or is that on the I, person hosting? I, I probably fall. So I probably fall on a different side on both of those topics than you. I obviously, I can't, I had Jack Farlow on, right. And it was really easy for me to say, Hey, I have sympathy for the, um, for the, for the event organizers. And then Jack's, and then I find out Jack won the event and didn't get his five grand. And I'm like, Ooh, and it was different looking into his eyes and being so cap as opposed to me being cavalier, being like, yeah, just, just have compassion. They couldn't afford it. But when, when the dude's sitting here right in front of me, it's like, dude, I went out there and I fucking won that. Yeah. Right. Um, and but so I, like, but, what, what's the point of the athlete coming there? Right. If he's not, if he's not competing for a prize and he's also not being compensated for providing entertainment, then like, what is the athlete's role in all of this? Is it just to be like kind of a pawn and be like, Hey, go out there, go compete. You're not, you're going to have to pay thousands of dollars to come out here to, you know, whether it's like Western Canada or, or wherever you're flying to put up, put up all this money to stay there and compete. And then you just get a pat on the back or a little swag bag at the end. Hey, Especially uh, after promising some money. That's the other thing that's crazy. You could, what if you went to a competition like with um, Colton somewhere? Let's say he was going to be at Zellos Games and you wanted to um, pump up the hype. You could be like, hey, when I see that fucktard who, who stole my spot at the games because of the pull up bar, I'm going to shit all over him. He better not even, if he's in the lane next to me, I'm going to fucking punch him. And you're like, and then afterwards, like, I'm just trying to sell tickets, guys. Well, just, like, I'm just trying to, I'm just like, I, I love Colton. This is just, well, <laughs> I'm just trying to, <laughs> or like before you go to Down Under, you're like, fuck Con. He's fucking so 1980. I'm the new fucking tall, good looking guy. I'm the new con. You're going to go. He's going to go third. Or you just started saying that there's, there's problems between you and Ricky and con just, you know, yeah. Justin doesn't want con on our team. He's not. A yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey. well, I'll tell you what you look at, like I'm a big UFC guy. Yeah. And you look at some of these UFC fighters and after the fights, dude, they're like loving each other. But beforehand, I mean, Michael Chandler, talk so much shit like conor mcgregor was the was the start of it all but like man now it's now it's left and right you got sugar sean o'malley doing the same thing like whether he loves or hates piotr yawn he still has to do that right he still has to sell those tickets and sell those pay-per-views and and you know boost his boost his likeness and hype around the fight so i i think that the sport of crossfit like or like the community of crossfit isn't maybe the most keen to that because there is so much camaraderie and there is so much like brotherhood and we're in this together. We died on this workout. But if you're looking at it from an entertainment standpoint, I mean, there's a lot of entertaining things that happen in CrossFit, but I think there could be a little bit more on the side of that. I think there could be a little bit more around like some of the drama or yeah, like having a bad guy, just having someone talking shit. I, I, it made me, it makes me uncomfortable. I like Aljamain Sterling. He's been on the show a bunch of times, but all the yeah. shitty talk to TJ Dillashaw about being on drugs. Yeah. Made me uncomfortable. Why? Um, I, I, um, I don't because in my mind, I, I want to say forgive him. Right. Mm, so, just, so, so, or, or like, I really like Conor McGregor, but when he's sitting down with a broken ankle calling Dustin Poirier's wife a whore, yeah. like I, I get uncomfortable. It's like, you know what I mean? It yeah, starts to get a little. Line. Yeah. Where do, you, where do you draw that line? I get that. I mean, those guys could, also, those guys share a pretty intimate, even after they took, 
they talk all that shit. Fighting with the guy for five rounds in a ring is pretty intimate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're wearing wearing each other's blood, you know? And you have each other's just bodies all over each other. And and, and you got the two of you now have an experience that, um, that only the two of you share. Yeah. If you were going to, because you probably know a little bit more about the sport of MMA, if you were going to suggest someone to get into mixed martial arts, what's the step? Like, what's the, do you know where you would start? Would it be jujitsu? Would it be just wrestling? Like Grappling, jujitsu, and striking just right away. Yeah. Grappling, jujitsu, and striking. I, Are you I've thinking about doing it? Getting into it? Really? Mm-hmm. What, what's the lightest you can go? What's the lightest you get can get? Can you make 205? I can make 205. I'd get fucked up at 205. Yeah. But I can make 205. They're, but they're like, because I, I, I th- I've, I've thought about that before. There's no way I can make it down to what, 185? Yeah. I would be like <laughs> killing myself to, to try to make weight. But if I was like, a st- if I was a stocky 205 and I learned how to use my length, I think I could be pretty tough. When we see next week Israel Adesanya get in the ring with f- this fucking Michael Pereira guy, mm-hmm. people are going to trip. Michael Pereira is not I, – I would love to have his DNA checked and his chromosomes. Yeah. He's, he's not – I mean, if he, his jaw is – he's not a normal man. Yeah. I you, don't he's know. Gonna, I think he's going to kill Israel. I think, think so? I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, Israel's so good, but I'm scared for him. I think he's I'm, that guy is tough. Have you watched his fights? I have. I have. But <laughs> I kind of feel this way. I feel this way in CrossFit, right? You see these athletes that they're, they're not that they're they're just on another level, right? Like they're right. just a step ahead of everybody else, you know? Like all those vets. And I feel the same. Oh, sorry, not him. It's a, maybe I said his name wrong. I maybe think it's Alex per Alex Pereira. Uh, oh, sorry, Alex Pereira. Thank you. How nice you not to correct me in front of all my. No, you uh, did. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, so I didn't want to correct. That guy's great too, though. That guy, Michael Pereira, is a freak too. That guy fights at one seventy one, and he looks like a two hundred and five pounder. That guy's a freak. Sorry, go ahead. When they walk around on fight day, holy. Yes, this guy. This guy. Six four, and he's going to go down to one one eighty five. Yeah, well, that I mean, I guess that would be what I would have to do. I'm six foot four, so I would have to be, I would have to lose forty pounds, thirty, thirty five pounds. I bet you your ass weighs ten more pounds than this dude's ass. That's the problem with you CrossFitters. You guys all have these enormous fucking asses. Hey, thank you. But yeah, I'd probably have to lose. Them. I, I, they, I like, I doubt that they would hit that many weights. I feel like I've seen them train before. I mean, John Jones is doing it, right? Because he's trying to get up and wait. So he's squatting. He's putting some weight on those glutes. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a big fella now. You see pictures of him walking around. He's 260, 265. Like, he's a man among boys when he comes back. Speaking of, um, like, uh, you know, the, the hype around stuff, the, the, when there's confrontation and conflict – in your camp, there was a lot of that. So 
or just being around big powered people. So you had Beth, Bethany Shadburn, Carrie Pierce, and Danielle Brandon. You got these three people. There's tons of fucking noise around them always, whether it be Carrie launching a new business, Bethany and Carrie getting COVID, Danielle saying something that, you know, offends someone or, or, or leaving your camp. And, um, if you can manage that, uh, um, and, and, and Carrie being the greatest American uh, CrossFitter, you know, I didn't mean to just, I know there's a lot of stuff I forgot about the accolades that these people sure. have that I forgot, but, but Carrie Pierce being the greatest female American CrossFitter who ever lived. Um, if you can manage that, that's all good for you, right? Oh, oh, and let's even throw this in here. You had, um, and I don't, I don't mean this as an insult, but the biggest thing that's happened around your name is the pull-up debacle. Mm-hmm. Is your, is, is you and Colton's, you know, when you do the math, oh shit. Like we're talking mm-hmm. a seconds. If his feet wouldn't have scraped the ground and you give Matt DeLugo's a half a second for everything, he goes to the games and Colton doesn't. So you have these stories that aren't the stories that you hear. Let's say the story around Rich Froning is his his record, his four wins, or the story around Tia is you know her six wins. But you have yeah. these other athletes where there's noise around them that's not necessarily about um, their accolades, but just drama. But if you can manage that, that's got to be. That's got to be good, right? Yeah, I think so. Are, are think you? Do you manage it well? You think? I think it depends on how you look at whatever you want to perceive as drama, right? Like everything goes through the lens that you look at the world, and so you know, if I'm looking at like I don't look at the pull up the bar, or like I don't look at Granite Games as a loss and like having this huge drama, even though it was very upsetting at the time, and it was something that you know sucked and you're mad at somebody anybody whatever it's really um i look at i look at that and then i even look at you know like looking within the camp whenever there if there ever would be drama that would flare up or if if tensions were ever high or or there's just like you said a lot of a lot of talk a lot of energy a lot of yeah we spent five hours talking about you and colton over 10 shows on my show matt delugos matt delugos so your name's just constantly being said Yeah, no, for me, it's, it's a, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like that tells me that I, I do, you know, belong there. Like that, that validates myself and my thoughts and and what I'm doing every single day and makes it a little bit easier to come back in and and train for it. And so, you know, you gotta just, if I, if I'm worried about that, or like, if I looked at this year as only being, ah, shit, I could like, if the pull-up bar was a little bit higher, I could have had my dreams come true then i'll probably never be happy because i'm always looking at the outcome which i know is a little bit different than talking about all the drama and talking about all that stuff but i think the drama is good for you as as long as the drama is good for you because attention is good for everyone right because it generates you know eyeballs are good for sure yeah but if you can't manage it then it's then it's bad yeah it's like that pressure if you if you want to perceive it as pressure it's either going to make you like do well, like pop off, like do amazing things, or you're going to pop and and be a a dud. Right. It's like, if you can't handle that pressure. And I think that's the cool thing about, you know, having those high level athletes in the gym every single day is it, is it, it it is almost like a high pressure situation, right? Like I'm always racing somebody. I always have somebody to push off of. Um, So then whenever you get out there on the floor to compete, you look around and you're like, okay, these guys that I once put up on a pedestal are like, 
fucking up how to tie their shoes in the back corner, right? Like they're asking me for a scoop of carbs. It's like they're normal dudes. It's fine. Go compete against them. Go kick their ass. Like it's all good. Um, are, are you? You go places like if I take my kids to Disneyland, the, 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 it, I've only done that once. <laughs> what a fucking trip that was. But uh, the, we didn't get to see Mickey Mouse. And I really wanted them to see Mickey Mouse because I know as a kid, like you go there, you know how like they had the characters like will come out and just like mosey around in, in Disneyland. And you kind of want them to, to see Mickey Mouse. Or I would have like in second grade, my best friend was Jeff Holman. And I remember the days like if he wasn't there, like he stayed home sick. I, it's, I was bummed. Like I would look around the classroom for him to make eye contact with him and be like, oh, today's going to be good. We're going to fuck yeah. around. But when, when you lose um, Danielle, Bethany, and Carrie, three of the highest profile athletes in the sport, does it, does it make going to the gym less interesting for you? Or is there kind of almost a relief? How does that affect the the, the dynamic of the of the gym? Uh, or, or or like when even someone like Ricky comes in, you know, like when he shows up, does it do the opposite where you're like, oh fuck, Ricky's going to be here this week. This is going to be dope. Um, I will tell you, I, I I get excited whenever Ricky comes in because I like Ricky a lot. Um, he's just a good dude and a good person to train with, and that's kind of the attitude. Anytime that we have somebody come in, is we're always just like. Most of the time people know, you know, somebody else and there's always good words about them. So you're excited to have, you know, drop-ins. You're excited to have this athlete come in or or this guy come stop by for a week or whatever. You know, as far as like a day-to-day, you know, day-to-day difference with with the superstars being gone. um, Well, I mean, recently – uh, you know, Carrie was training for legends for at rogue. So she had been back. So that's been kind of fun to have her back in the gym. And honestly, like we do have such a good group down here and it's so easy to walk into the gym on like a given, any given Wednesday and the energy to just be crazy. So I could see maybe from an outsider standpoint, right. If you're dropping into Las Vegas, you want to see the girls, you wanted to go to the gym that they trained at all that. You know, but for us doing it day after day, like we still have such a great energy. We still have like such good camaraderie. Everybody loves each other. Everybody's still cheering each other on, watching each other do cool shit. So, you know, for us, I don't really, I don't, I don't really feel like much skip the beat. You know, I feel like things kind of continued on because it's one of those deals, right? Where like, I can't, you can't control it. You know, I can't say, oh, this person should stay. Oh, this person shouldn't have left. Like, you know water under the bridge, all that stuff happened. Um, so it's like, Hey, let's make the best of this situation. And we don't have the dogs. We don't have the top, you know, people that we once had, but we can still, we can still push. We can still get better. Uh, Mike, thanks brother. I appreciate it a lot. Mike Sedone. Um, my, my, my kids in a, my kid plays tennis and, um, he, and there's him and another boy are the two best kids in his class. And then you, you grad in tennis kids, tennis, you graduate for it, um, based on the speed of the balls. So they have balls filled with uh, the yellow ball is like the balls you see the pros play with. And then there's like three or four balls that you that don't bounce as much, but get more and more bounce as it goes on. So what it does is it allows the kids to get all over the court faster. Cause those, if you're five years old, you have to play on a smaller court with a ball that doesn't bounce as much so you can get it right. 
So there's two kids, my kid and this other kid, and they're the two best kids in the class. And my kid's a little bit older than the other kid, six months older. And my kid just graduated. And the teacher said, Hey, I'm letting, I'm graduating your kid first. And then because he's a little more mature than the other kid. And then I'm going to graduate him, but I'm going to give this kid six months to be the leader so he can see what it's like to dominate, but also he can show his leadership to the team. When, when those, when someone like Carrie leaves, who I'm, who's the most, I'm guessing the most senior person in the gym. And then Bethany, um, is there, does there become like a vacuum that you as, is, is probably the best or one of the best male athletes there has to kind of step up into where you're like, okay, I have to, I have to change yeah. a little bit. I have to kind of yeah. become more motherly. I think that, I think that whenever you look at how leadership is displayed, how I mean it, it is different based on the person, right? There, we have vocal leaders and we have leaders by example. And um, whenever I came into this situation, I was I was the baby. I had zero comp. I had a little bit of competitive experience, but not to the level of Bethany, Tola, uh, Danielle, or Carrie. So I was I was like, let me go stand in the back and be as far away from everything else as I can, and I'm just gonna watch and like watch what they do and watch how they act and all that kind of stuff. And the one thing that I realized about, you know, about Carrie and Bethany is that they are professionals when it comes to this. Like they are like rhythmic machines. They would come in, put their bags down, start stretching, start foam rolling, start mobilizing, get on a bike. Like they were, they would start their warm up. They would start their working sets. They would like move from one piece to the next. And there was never like a, Hey, okay guys, like, are we ready to start back squatting? Let's go. You know? So that's not the type of leadership that I've seen. Right. Like, Justin has more of a vocal leadership role for us. You know, he's, he's firing us up. He's setting intentions for the day. He's, he's making sure that we know what we're doing. Um, but I think like where I want to be a leader is like, I want, I want the guys at the gym or the girls at the gym, the people at the gym to be like, I want to work like he does. Like I want to like, look at him. He's, he came in, he got straight to work or he's, you know, look at him getting after his accessory work or look, he's dying on this skill piece. Like he's really pushing it. That's what I need to do to get there because that's what I've seen Carrie do. And that's what I've seen Bethany do. And, and and that's kind of a healthy kind of pressure, right? Leverage, leverage kind of your ego a little bit or who you want to present yourself to be. That also makes you a better athlete. Yeah. Because I think you're constantly saying like, well, is somebody watching, you know, like you can't take, you don't take reps off. You don't take sets off. Cause you're like, well, there, I have 15 other people in this gym that whether I think they notice me or not, maybe they do. Right. Maybe they see me not doing accessory and just leaving after the gym or leaving after the Metcon. Right. And then they're going to think that's okay. And then that's the bar that I've now set for any athlete that's coming into the gym, you know, cause like it's, it, it's also a weird spot for me too. Right. Like, I was telling, I was talking about all those athletes that are no longer here. So, you know, as far as like the original, the original gang, like I'm kind of the last one that is still out here. Um, and has, so has Tola been there longer than you? No, Tola is, Tola, I haven't seen Tola for a little while. I'll be honest. Okay. Okay. Um, How about Scuds? Does she train in, in-house? She does. She got okay. out here in, uh, in about August. So she's been out here for a little over a year. I'm coming up on two years of being out here. Um, 
And it's cool because we have a lot of God, man, that must, what a crazy two years you've had. It's been wild. You were were thrown into the fire. Everything that could have happened, happened to you. Like all the, except go to the games. Yeah. That's coming though. But that's um, coming. um, Everything else, man. I don't know that I would be, it's been such a, such a growth period for me as a human being that I'm like, this is probably, even though it's been crazy and there've been times where I've been like at my fucking last, you know, straw, it's been like super, just a super, I don't even know how else you would explain it except for growing. I'm a different and motivating. You want your life to be like that, right? I think so. You you want you want there to be things that you remember, right? Well, and everything that you go through is not. It's not. It doesn't just happen, right? It affects the rest of your. It can affect the rest of your decision making and how you view other people, events, things that happen. And for me, that's been the biggest thing. Is like I've gone through. You know, I've gone just gone through tough stuff or just gone through whatever, and like now that impacts how I treat people. That impacts how I view you know, the rest of my life going forward. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want a boring life. Like I don't want to sit in a cubicle and type on a computer for eight hours a day, 40 hours a week. Like there are plenty of my friends back home, all the love to them, but that's the life that they chose. You know, like they married their high school sweetheart. They had a kid, they're working their desk job. When their kid grows up, they're going to work that desk job. And it's just that cycle. And uh, for me, once like feeling like I broke out of that, now I can look at that and say, okay, that's not a situation I want to really ever put myself in. So if I ever find myself trending towards that, like there might be priority shifting or I might need to change some things up. But no, I know I I'm also want- young, so it's easy to do this. You know, it's easy to be fr- like free spirited or be like, oh, yeah, I'll kind of go with the wind. But um, hopefully that it helps the rest of how I live. No, no one ever wants to um, have their. Uh- girlfriend break up with them or boyfriend break up with them or get fired from a job or, but, but in hindsight, you, you don't take any of those things back. Like once you're like a year away from it, you're like, yeah, that was dope. Like I, like I, like, you know what I mean? I tussled with the alligator. Like no one wants to get fucking bit by a rattlesnake, but if you get bit by a rattlesnake, finish the race and everything's great. I mean, fuck how much better of a story is that than not getting bit? 100%. And that kind of like test who you are. You know, you, you learn about how to deal with all these situations and you learn about, you know, how to, how to handle things, but until you go through it, you don't have any idea. So once you go through it, you say, Oh, I've kind of been in a situation like this, or I've felt this way before. What do I do about it? Going back to the MMA thing. If if you can do it without, without getting hurt, I don't know if there's any, other, I don't know if there's a better conditioning tool than rolling around with another man. That's what I've heard. I, I, I get so scared about my knees. That's the literally like the only thing that's like held me back from really get like, I want to learn the basics of it, but I've seen, I've seen videos of guys that just roll the wrong way or somebody does something that they shouldn't while, while you're rolling and, and it's an ACL or an MCL or a meniscus. And I'm like, if I did that and like, I mean, I sacrificed a lot coming out here. So if I came out here and like walked away with an injury, that's going to, because I was choosing to do something not stupid, but just not the greatest. I, I, I think that um, if, if I, I got to ask Justin this, but I think if you asked uh, rich Froning, um, 
can you beat up all the athletes out here? He would say yes. Me and I think so. if, yeah. And I think can if you, you ask, Jeff, me, I feel like Tommy. Well, ta- yeah, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy looks like you could hit him with a sledgehammer and, and he would smile at you and take it from you, like pat you on the head and take it from you. Um, I think that, I think that Justin Medeiros thinks that. I think that uh, Matt Fraser thinks that. I think, and I and I haven't asked these guys that. I think that uh, Ricky would have no problem fucking wrestling any three guys on the team. Go ahead, line up over there. I'll get to you guys. And, and I and it doesn't matter whether it's true. Right. I wonder. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. at the end of the day, that's got to be some sort of added confidence to know like hey i could just come over to your lane and push you over dickhead like just just a little a mental do you think you need to have like fighting experience to have that or no no i don't think matt has any fighting experience but i don't think matt it has any fear like that yeah or 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 he embraces the fear. I mean, when I would hear him and Josh talk, and I would see when I was on the podcast with him, and I'd see their alphas start to collide. Like yeah. Matt has has no hesitant. There's no there's no there's no back down. No, I think that that is a hundred percent the way to be. Why would you get why like why would you walk into a competition and be like, oh yeah, all these guys could fuck me up, right? All right. these guys could beat me. Oh yeah, look at this guy. Oh, I'm scared. Like. Ricky looks like he wouldn't hesitate. I I don't know if pull knife, but he looks like he would headbutt someone. Those Aussies, yeah, I don't know if they use knives, but I'm sure he would tussle with anybody. He's think, another one. I wonder, like, I like I said, I love Ricky, but if you were trying to make this an entertaining sport, and you were somebody like Pat Vellner, wouldn't you talk all the shit in the world to Ricky coming in? Oh, and you know Pat's probably so good at talking shit. He's oh, so yeah. witty. Dude, think about their their trash talk Thursdays. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love watching those, keeping up with them. But that was like like hey, like just on camera, they're lined up together and and you mean just Pat just walk over to him and everyone everyone in the fans are like, what's he doing? And he whispers something in Ricky's ear and he just whispers, I'm sorry. And then everyone's like, I wonder what he said. I wonder what he said. Yeah, and then afterwards, or like you know, Gordon Ryan was like folding. Do you know who Gordon Ryan is? Yeah, he he was writing down on a piece of paper the movie was going to submit a guy in, put an envelope, and give it to the judges, and it would say "open after the event." It's like, oh god, (sighs) that's baller. Yeah. So what if? I mean, that would be. I mean, it's not a dick move if 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 Fellner were to do that. Walk over to him with an envelope, like second place, and it just says second place, or give him like a second place medal. Imagine <laughs> hands in the third place trophy, be like, "You took this from me, bitch!" And everyone would be talking about it. Oh, that would be amazing if he did that, Matt. That would be man. amazing. Hey, this was yours, <laughs> bro. There, I mean, like, uh, not the miss, but man, and like, it's not nobody, dickish. It's just head fucking. Yeah, and that's what it is because some guys can't, some guys can't handle that. You know, like that yeah. pressure. They're already feeling that pressure and you you come in and you're all cavalier and you're like, yeah, talking, talking your shit. Guys, weaker men will fall easily. Going back to the um, thing with like people who take sort of that role, that leadership role. Um, uh, Ariel Lowen, for instance, said that uh, Danny Spiegel took her under her wing. 
Like basically like she showed up late and D- Danny was like, Hey dude, ride with me or uh, in, in, to go along with that thing with Danny Spiegel, Danny Spiegel, Al- Alex Kazan said that would say, Hey, Danny Spiegel took her under her wing. And I think I yeah. saw a, a post interview interview with Olivia Kerstetter. Danny Spiegel kind of took me under her wing, you know? And whenever I see her out there on the floor, she's doing something like after the event, I see her doing p- p- touching the other athletes or hugging them or smiling to them or going yeah. over to them. I'm assuming it's kind of like that in the gym too, that those are also moments that, I mean, you can clearly show that she's showing her. It's very kind. It's cool. I like watching it as a fan. It makes me think that that, you know, you like to see at the end of the fight that, that the athletes come together, but in the gym, in the gym, it can be like that too, right? Yeah. It can be after a workout or. Yeah. Very frequently. I feel like there's a lot of times I like to try to have a touch point with everybody. Um, whether that's just to come up and be like, Oh, so-and-so's back was bothering them. Hey, how did these, how did these movements feel on your back? Like how, how did it hold up today during this workout? Right. Like making them feel like they can talk about their, their workout experience and share whatever they want to share, whether they're frustrated or sad. Right. Cause like, I know how that is, you know, I, I carry workouts with me or a, a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll let it, I'll have feelings about a workout and be like, oh, fuck, that felt really good. Oh, I wish I could have pushed this more, blah, blah, blah. So to like talk about that is super cool. Um, and, you know, to give other people the opportunity to talk about it, and especially with like some of the younger athletes. You know, we have a lot of younger people in our gym. And so talking to them about, oh, hey, how did this go for you? Oh, how'd you break these up? You know, like letting them feel heard and also, you know, giving whatever input I can. I know I'm not a games athlete, but giving whatever input that we can to help these younger people go. And, and, uh, but yeah, I think like the one, the one thing that comes to my mind whenever you talk about that is my relationship with Alex, because I do feel like it's very much like that from both sides, right? Like she does that for me and I do that for her. And it kind of like keeps this little, it keeps this really good balance of neither one of us get our head too high. Like neither one of us get the head too low. Um, if there are, you know, like I can tell when she's frustrated, I can tell when she's mad and just the simplest, like walking over, giving a little high five, like, Hey, you got this or Hey, you okay. You want to go talk? Like just that little bit of communication can go a long way. Right. Cause they don't need to talk to you right away. They don't need to trust you immediately, but when, when they feel safe enough to be able to, I, I say that I take a step back. I think our sport is, you know, it's kind of vulnerable what we do, right? Like you put yourself on the line every day you're pushing yourself to get better with no guarantee of anything in return. Like there's all this sacrifice and there's nothing guaranteed. And so when you're going through that alone, it can feel very scary and it can feel, you know, isolating and, and um, you can get into your own head a lot if you are inexperienced with that. So especially whenever I see these younger athletes going through it and, you know, they're real beat up after a workout and they're carrying it with them for the rest of the day. It's like, we got to go have a talk because this is like kind of all you're going to be doing is just workouts and workouts and workouts. Like you're going to be beating yourself up. So there's no time for negative talk. There's no time for like feeling sorry for yourself and, you know, feeling like the world's against you, all that kind of crap. Like there's, we are, are all amazing human beings, especially when we come in the gym, that's not dictated by the results on a workout. So sooner that you know that easier that it becomes to, you know, feel better and feel like you can, you can push. 
It's also a trip. I never thought of this. You just kind of inspired this. In this sport, the loser can win. So you can take all second places or all third places and, and come out CrossFit Games champion. Mm-hmm. And so you can't be mad at your you, – there's victories even when you lose. No one else sees it, but you you individually have to keep that in mind, right? You finish third at an event, and it's like, fuck, I won. It was a victory. Right. No one else sees it that way, but you have to remind yourself of that, right? Whereas in MMA or soccer or baseball or football, if you lost, you lost. Yeah. I think I like golf a lot because the similarities are there. Yes. Oh. The sport is like if you look at each hole, like if you look at each hole as a game. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if we're playing a golf hole, like let's say you, let's say I par the hole, but I like hit one way right into the rough under a tree and I knock another one out. And then like it does, I, I guess maybe, maybe more of what I'm saying though is, it doesn't matter what you do on a golf hole or what I do on a golf hole. My golf swing is not affected by your golf swing. Uh-huh. You, could hit, you could drive one straight down the middle, put it on the green in regulation, two putt, walk out with a par. I could go all over the course uh, and, you know, lip in a 30 footer for par. And we're still even, we're still did the same thing. Um, and what I'm trying to say with that is that you could go out on a workout and you could, do your best and you could crush the workout and it could be a 25th place. It's all your race. It's all you versus you. And that's another tough thing for people to see, right? Cause every other sport is not like that. It's always, well, I have to beat this person. This person's really good at this. So I have to be better than them here, or I have to do my wall balls faster. That's not the case in my opinion, at least. Spieler like, said that, Spieler said that the reason it was, he said that the reason why he likes, he came from a wrestling background. He liked CrossFit because no one was trying to stop him from doing what he needed to do. And then he also said that that's why he preferred a body weight movements because the, because he saw the weights as trying to stop him from what he was trying to do. And I thought that was fascinating. I wonder if that's why so many people think that see CrossFit is not a sport. Like they can't get their head wrapped around it. Although for some reason they ex- accept, you know, the javelin and the marathon. I mean, if the yeah. marathon's a sport, fuck CrossFit's a super sport. Right. Um, but, but I wonder if that's why, because there's no one directly like, um, you guys don't push each other down. You don't try to hold each other back. Could you imagine if that, if it was just like everyone started at like a little point and then it was just whoever gets the lane one first gets to use that shit and people would just like, <laughs> I would be, Throwing so many elbows, it's not even funny. As you were saying that, I was picturing an event where you needed to grab an implement, and the implements were 100 yards away, 110 yards away, 120 yards away, 130. So it rewarded the guy who was ever faster Mm -hmm. and punished the guy who was the slowest. Yeah. But you could just do that, but put put the implement in the middle and put – all 30 or 40 right. guys in a circle and it's like someone okay, would get hurt whoever gets to the dumbbell first gets to use it they do well in this workout no um, i i get that though that that does make sense but i think that that's the coolest like you look at some of the cool sports that you have and you see these people who are pushing the physical you know bounds of what is potential what is capable of a human and um yeah like all the track and field all the the 
biking, like, man, watching the Tour de France and you watch these guys just, like, sell their souls on some of these, like, hills or some of these, like, long courses. You're like, they're not really getting in the way of each other. There's, there's, there's some strategy. The Tour is kind of cool, though, that they do have teams that fuck with each other. That shit's cool. That, that part is cool. <laughs> Best example, but I get that. Yeah. I think it's... I think CrossFit's really cool as a sport. I just don't know if maybe like the understanding is there from the public. You know, it's like if you're watching somebody throw a javelin, you're watching, I don't mean to like simplify it, but you're watching somebody throw, you know, throw the spear, right? Right, right, right. You can see it. You can be like, oh, they threw it further. They did better. Right. But in CrossFit, you're like, man, all these people are just jumping around and flailing around. It's like, who's doing well? Is this person good or not? Like, that's why events like the capital event are so cool that they had the CrossFit games, you know, yeah. the run, then carry different shit, then up the stairs. Yeah. And and that was cool seeing people. How fascinating was that when you saw people got, get stuck on the stairs, that was a trip, right? That was, that looked cool. That event I heard was awesome. Like that would have been, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. What about what about someone? Um, uh, you see these people. You saw it happen to Haley Adams uh, at the games where she just gets stuck in front of her bar, or you saw the great Laura Horvat. You see her just sitting there at the handstand pushups, or this year, uh, Dan, uh, at Rogue Danielle just has to sit there and look at her fucking back squat bar. Um, that is it, it, that's a super dope picture. It is right. She's it a super is. dope gal too. She's cool as shit good i see her instagram posts all the time and i'm like you look funny as hell so funny um that must be like do you have any holes like that matt do you have anything where you're like oh shit if this comes up i'm gonna be sitting there with my thumb in my ass i hope not anymore because I <laughs> you I have not. yeah i mean handstand push-ups are always something that i've struggled with and they've came a long 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 way but yeah, I remember there were competitions that I would do in the past whenever I was young. I'd be doing deficit handstand push-ups, and I'd fail in doing one rep. And so I'd just sit there and be like, sorry, can't do anything about it. I, 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 I always feel for those guys. Like, I'm not like – I always feel for those guys, especially Laura. Hers is such a trip because she's so fucking good. Yeah. Well, So talk to me a little bit about that. Because if you were an MMA fighter and you had a hole in your grappling game, what would you spend all fucking year fight? Like, what would you spend all of your time training? So you're, are you telling me you're perplexed that she hasn't fixed it yet? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not commenting on any specific athlete. Right. I do just wonder sometimes though, when you see, I get that there are anatomical things that, you know, it will always be difficult to perform, but It'll always be hard to perform handstand push-ups as a taller guy, right? We'll be at a mechanical disadvantage. But I look at Brent Fakowski, and he still hangs whenever it comes to handstand push-ups. He went from, you know, failing on his de- strict deficit handstand push-ups at the uh, whatever that was, 2016, 2017 regional, to like now he, he he's not going to win it, but he's at least hanging. How about know? fat? How about obese MMA fighters? That trips me out. You're going. You're going in. Some. You're going into a situation that you know someone's going to try to kill you. Yeah. And you're. And you're. Um. Everyone. Everybody wants to get better at handstand pushups, but ain't nobody want to do a couple hundred pressing reps. Ain't nobody want to lift this heavy ass weight. 
That's what I'm saying. He's he's done it. Like he's he's gone through what he needed to. And I don't. I'm not saying that there's a reason or like that. Like somebody like Laura hasn't worked on it. It just perplexes me a little bit. I mean, those guys go into the ring and they know another man is going to try to kill them. And they know that the worst thing that can happen to them isn't their lack of skill, but running out of gas. If you run out of gas in there, it's turned into full nightmare mode. And I mean nightmare in like fucking Freddy Krueger. There's now a man in there. Kill- it's like one of those dreams where like you try to punch someone and you're punching through water. Yeah. Did you watch the last uh, Paulo Costa fight versus Luke Rockhold? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were done at like the three minute mark of the first round. But they, I mean, they both look good. Like Paulo Costa, he's a good looking fella. Same with Luke Rockhold. Like they're Rockhold was in the, I'd never seen a fighter put his hands on his knees like that in the middle oh, of a fight. Dude, they were taking breaks <laughs> mid fight, hanging up against the, the side of the ring. Like, hold on, I need a break, bro. Yeah, like, that two men that do this for a living. They want to have championship fights. They want to fight for five rounds. He he's also he's also old. Oh yeah yeah, the, another great one. How about when fucking poor TJ TJ Dillashaw was fighting with fucking only one arm because his arm had pulled out of the socket. Yeah, that was brutal. I didn't I don't and you know that's one of the things I don't like about that sport. I just stop it. I don't I don't need to see that. I get that. You say let it go. I don't know. I think about where these guys have probably came from. Like fighting is just what they know. Like fighting is all they know. They're probably fighting for their lives. At least that's maybe what they feel like when they're out there. Like they have nothing else but to fight. So they're like, fuck, if I die, I die. Like this is all I know. I'm going to throw. Uh, I'm going to throw everything. Yeah, that's the worst, Jason. Matt, I'm 44 and six foot six. Just in my first competition, whole kipping my feet were dragging on the ground. Whole kipping? What's that mean? Whole kipping my while Dude. while kipping my feet, oh, he's saying on the pull up bar. Yeah, that's tough. Six foot six is impressive, so good for you. But that yeah, I've watched tough. it. I've watched a little. I've watched a bunch of the bare knuckle uh, boxing. That's another trip, right? Because you can't. You got to be careful where you punch the dude in the head. Yeah, you can't just fucking throw that, a caution to the wind. That one's very scary to me. I, I don't know why I feel better with MMA, but I'm like bare knuckle boxing. Uh, James Ellis, Daniel Cormier was big and had a great engine, insane engine. It's it's it's, it's a it's a great point. So, but yes, crazy crazy wrestling pedigree, right? So there's his. Um... Oh, you said this earlier. I wanted to say, I think, just as grappling would be a really great conditioning tool for anything else, I think CrossFit would be an awesome training tool for MMA. I mean, obviously, all those guys, the skills. whether they admit it or not, all those guys do CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I, yeah. But I think that I feel like if I made that transition, I would already have that engine. I'd already have that like power and explosiveness because that's what I've been training. Like I've, I've taken the training tools that they use, but just done that for my, you know, what I compete in. Um, the, the two stories that stick out in my mind are uh, Garth Taylor was the first American heavyweight to go to Brazil and win a heavyweight Brazilian jiu-jitsu title. And I think he did it in three belts. And he always took second place when he'd go down there. And then in 2000 or 1999, he met Greg Glassman. Mm. And Greg had him do CrossFit for a year, and he won fucking three titles. 
That's crazy. And, and there's a, you know, St. Jude Hospital? Mm-hmm. Uh, many years ago, I met their general counsel there, and he was a black belt in karate, and he couldn't win a fucking tournament. And he started CrossFit and f- started winning every single tournament. So, for sure. Easily. I think Cross, I, yeah, I think we both think CrossFit's amazing. I don't think well, well, I don't like anything. I think that there are problems in the delivery sometimes, but I think as a methodology, hands down. You mean people go? You mean people go to the gym and get the wrong experience? Is that what you mean by in delivery? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Yep. It's the same. Same with everything, right? And so it's it's hard not to let that happen, but. Unfortunately, it does, and unfortunately, it leaves people with like a taste in their mouth of, "Oh, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to go back to CrossFit." But right, but yeah, I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Also, um, about people, I see people say negative stuff about CrossFit, and it's always these really like superficial fringe things, but they get so many views on the internet. Whereas I did an interview the other day with a blind lady and at 26 years old, she was still embarrassed that she was blind and never wanted to tell anyone she was blind. And her first day going into the CrossFit gym, the way the community treated her made her never be embarrassed to be blind again. And now she's a fucking games athlete, adaptive games athlete. And yeah. She's beautiful and her body's insane. And, yeah. and she was, she was, I think she was like dying of autoimmune disease and all this shit. This chick. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and it's like, dude, this is, these are the stories. This is the normal story. Or, or, or I had another affiliate owner on Michael Schindeldecker and they, you know, they have these programs for juvenile delinquents, like kids who get into crime. They have running programs, weightlifting programs, and they never worked and no one could figure out why this guy started the program in a CrossFit gym. It's fucking now spread to 14 States. He's had over like 200 success stories. Why? Not because of the fitness program, but because of the community. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone in the gym treats the kids like, hey, just like. I saw you post about this one. I wanted to go back and watch it. Dude, this guy's such a stud. I'll, and I'll, if you're I'll an will. affiliate owner and you, and you want it, this guy has cracked the code on uh, giving you purpose to live and how to make money. But he never talks about either of those. But when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, shit. I actually was kind of a little envious of him. I'm like, wow, he has a lot of purpose in his life. That's really cool to see. And so there's all these other people. You're right. So these people have these bad experiences and then that window might close for them. Right. Because they put their hand up to it. Yeah. I I have conversations with people that are like, Oh, I tried CrossFit. It just wasn't for me. I'm like, what part? What part wasn't for you? Like getting better. Wasn't for you. Like getting right. 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 Having friends. Like, I don't know. But I, I have also though, I've seen those stories of people that come in and, you know, it's a, it's their foundations class and their coaches 10 minutes late. And then they're just like, Oh, yep. Right. Oh, yep. That looks good. Okay. Have fun. Go, uh, go after this workout. Right. And they're there for a week and then it's not a good, not a good story. Right. Which is so bad. It's, it's kind of like picking an apple off your tree when it's little and not ripe. And then telling the rest of the world that apples taste horrible. Right. It's like, dude, that thing wasn't ready. That thing wasn't right. You, you're, you're not telling the truth. And, and then everyone who never eats apples the rest of their life misses out. I and like you don't metaphor. always. 
it can feel clicky whenever you come in across it, right? Like you can see the community from the outside standing in and you're like, Oh, I like they didn't want to accept me or oh, like look at what they're doing. They didn't talk to me. It's like, no, you just maybe like give it a give it a give it an honest chance. Go introduce yourself to somebody. Like I know that you're new, but like we were all but that's the cool thing, right? It's like we were all those people once. So that's always anytime I see somebody new in the gym, I try to go say hi or I try to go say, Oh, cool, like what what brought you here? Like what are you, you know? Why are you doing CrossFit? How'd you hear about this? Like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it's really, really cool. We can share, continue to share this experience. And I think that that's even important for competitors to do the same thing because for sure. if we're talking about leadership, when you have a group of elite athletes that are young adults and they have these really buff and muscular bodies and you walk around doing really cool shit, like walking up a handstand obstacle, when you have a normal mom or somebody who just got done you know working their professional job come in and they see that they're like oh shoot i can't talk to that person like that or that person so they're so much better than me or they're 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 they stay off in the corner they don't come talk to us um and then you get this bad rap and then you get people that don't like the competitors at their gym because they have a bad experience and to me we wouldn't have a sport if it weren't for those people that are coming in day after day, I think, I don't know if I've talked about this before, but we wouldn't have a sport if it weren't for those guys. A hundred percent, hundred percent. No, if, ands or buts about it. No. And so when, when you're above talking to a class member or you're too cool to say, Hey, or say anything to the people that are coaching the classes. No, that, that's not it. That's not what we are. And I remember, I remember in Carson one year, a bunch of the athletes were, had, had, had got there, and it wasn't a competition day, and they were all in this area, and there were shitloads of fans around, right? And they were separated by like a, a gate or something or a chain link fence. I can't remember. And Jason Kalipa went over there and started talking to them. And I remember Travis Bajant was there, and he was one of the commentators, and he starts yelling at all the athletes, get the fuck over there and talk to the people. What are you guys doing? Stop it. And it's not because the athletes are assholes. They're just people too. They're nervous. They're shy. They're yeah. overwhelmed. But, you, but you're right. You have to, as the athlete, you have to push through those discomforts because they will be perceived from everyone else that you're a stuck-up douche. And that, and that, and that's not good for anyone push through it and go over there, have the uncomfortable conversation. No one likes to talk to strangers, but just yeah. go over and do it. Say hi. Mom comes in with the kid, go over and say hi to the kid. Like, yeah, it's so easy. All you gotta Give do is say hi. Help. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like a, hey, great job on that workout. I don't yeah. like, Sometimes I won't know their name until the third time I see them, but I'm just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, yeah. If you that? forget someone's name, just ask them. Sorry. I forget your name. It's okay. Easy. Everyone does. Yeah. If someone but takes yeah, offense if you already have a bad view of CrossFit because you see it on TV and you see these guys doing crazy things and then you walk into a gym and you see those guys that are doing crazy things, not talking to anybody or only talking to each other, there's such, there, there becomes such a disconnect. Right. And right. I, I don't think that that is where our sport needs to be, you know? And truthfully, when you walk out of a CrossFit gym, you know, how many other people are getting recognized, right? Like if Rich Froning, was in Las Vegas and was like walking around the Las Vegas Whole Foods. Do you think a lot of people would stop him and recognize him? Or do you think he'd probably be able to go in and out? A whole, uh, maybe the casino, no one would recognize him. Whole Foods though. It's a fucking maybe. little Mecca, Mecca of, of, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Do you, do you think he gets recognized a lot? 
I don't think there's any famous people in our ecosystem, by the way. Don't get me right. wrong. I so don't think there's one famous person in our ecosystem. I, 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 it was really cool hanging out with Noah because that would happen sometimes where mm-hmm. there would be people that would know Noah through Miami, like just wherever, but it was like places that he would go, but I, but it wasn't to the point where it's like, Hey, and Noah's earned that, right? He's oh, so charming. Sure. He's so nice. He's so not, he's so there's, there's no selfishness with his time. No. When you talk about like those guys that are mentors, like yeah. the two guys for me that came to mind were Colin and Noah for sure. They, awesome I mean, dudes. Love both of them. So cool that they, that I'm able to like call them friends now, but yeah, such great dudes. So you'll do Zelos games, then you'll do the down under, and then what's next? Start lo- looking at the open? Uh, Wadapalooza. Wadapalooza. Oh, you're busy. Yeah. Individual or? Um, uh, we have a team. Can you tell we me who's on that team? Um, I think I can. I don't know. Yeah, I think I can. It's me, Ricky, and Tim Paulson. Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, so we're hoping another great guy. We're hoping to break every assault bike they have or echo bike. Do do you know Tim Paulson? No, no. Oh, how fun! He seems cool as shit. Yeah, the little bit I've interacted with him, he seems cool as shit. Yeah, I ran into his dad at like a Dick Sporting Goods in Minneapolis because we were both buying turf shoes for the last event of our uh, of Granite Games, but. Seems like a super cool guy, and Justin knows him from way back, and Justin has a lot of good things to say about him. I'm like, hell yeah. This will be a fun team. Awesome. Um, final question. How, how much stress with Zelos games? It, do, can, you, can you just chill, or, or do you feel the mounting stress like just any other competition, or can you just be like, hey, this is kind of more like an um, exhibition? It'll be interesting, since it is in our home gym, to see how I feel on game day. Um, but I'm looking at all the other guys that come out here, like, you know, they're coming to take what I want. Like I gotta, I, I can't, can't just rest on my laurels anymore. You know, it's, and especially with these guys, right? Like there's going to be, you know, 12 guys that are all highly competitive, like that have all either been to the games or have been really, really close to the game. So it, it's going to be, it's going to be legit for sure. Um, awesome. I don't think it's like stress high. I think it's like, I'm excited. Um, would you like to say hi to Alex before you leave? Alex Kazan? Yeah, that one. The the fascin- on the fascinating. The ever fascinating. Yeah, I want to say hi to Alex. There she is. Hello. What's up, Bubby? How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm tired. I got in at like 1 a.m. last night. How'd you do? Good. Good. That's good. Good. <laughs> um, you, you you can't be tired. You have to put on. You have to superstar performance. Uh, Mr. Delugos just absolutely murdered it. By the way, Matt, I want to say something uh, b- before I kick you into the ether, um, into the internet. Um, when l- last night I, I was looking on the internet for stuff about you, and I, when I type in your name, Matt Delugos Sevon Podcast, it doesn't. It, it took forever to fucking pop up. And when I type in your name, all sorts of other podcasts pop up but not the one we did together. But I want to tell you, not only was it the best one, but it's the most viewed one. So there. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. That's, why doesn't it come up? You appreciate me jerking myself off in front of you? All right, cool. Fine. Telling, telling you how great I am. I just appreciate you having me on, even though I saw it was at like midnight my time that you were looking at stuff. So what the hell time were you? <laughs> yeah, I was up late. But- 
I was up late. Yeah, I was up so late last yeah. night. That's funny. All right, yeah. man. Um, I'll be talking to you as the week goes as the week goes on. I'm sure I'll talk to you Friday, Saturday. We'll be bugging you on the live feed. Okay. Sounds Are good. you going okay. to a Friendsgiving? Yeah, I'll be done. Okay. There. Then I'll see you in a couple hours. All right. Sounds good. Bye. Later, brother. Hey. Yo, how's it going? Awesome. Thanks for doing this. Oh, of course. Anytime. For what's Friendsgiving? Uh, the gym that we train out of camp right now is having like a potluck style Friendsgiving with all the members and they invited underdogs to partake. So we're going to go hang out and eat food and play games and all the fun stuff. That's cool. Yeah. Friendsgiving. Uh, thank you, Caleb. Thanksgiving celebration with one's friends, even if they have different political views. Oh, <laughs> no, I made that up. I made that up as opposed to one's family. Uh, Zellos games. Yeah. Before we go there, did you watch Rogue? I did watch Rogue. You did? Mm-hmm. Why, why did you watch it? Was it? And was it torture? Um, No. Watching it was like, it was kind of fun just to watch it and like enjoy the spectating side of the competition. I definitely had the ebbs and flows of like, oh, I should have done the qualifier. And then like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't do the qualifier. Like all the different feelings. Do you watch it um, like, like you're uh, to enjoy, to enjoy it as a sporting event or are you just, are you in student mode? You're studying. Both. Both. Both? Yeah. I feel like it's rare you get to just watch and enjoy a competition because usually you're in it. So like, it is fun to just appreciate the sport for what it is and like spectate. But then of course you're like, okay, like what are these girls up to? Like, and then you also are learning while watching. Um, um, what happened? Is there, did, did you try to qualify? I apologize for not being up oh, to speed. No, no, no. It's okay. Uh, no, I had gotten my wisdom teeth out right after the games and like, it just put me down. Like I was like a chipmunk for like two weeks. I couldn't open my mouth. Like, it was just a terrible – I was expecting it to not be that big of a deal. Everyone was like, oh, you'll be fine in, like, two days. And I was, like, two weeks, like a chipmunk, couldn't do anything. And it was, like, just starting to get better when the qualifier started. And I was like, oh, like, is it worth it? And then I saw the workouts, and I was like, I'm not in shape for these. Like, I don't – yeah. I'll just earn my right to compete one day, and that will be that. Um, it, it's a, it's a lot of money and it's a high caliber event has a lot of eyeballs, good people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm making this part up L- lower stress. Um, are, are, in, in hindsight, are you glad you passed up on it? Um, I just, I don't know if I would have been ready for the qualifiers. Like, I honestly don't know if I would have qualified just the state that I was in, um, after like not being able to do anything for a couple weeks and coming off the game. So like, if I did make it like, yeah, it would have been a blast. And like, there was definitely a little bit of FOMO, but I think it all happened for a reason. So I kind of told myself like when I earn the right to compete, like if I get invited, like that's when I'll compete. Um, What happens like literally two weeks, you didn't do any movement. You just were just chilling. Uh, just- no, no, I like moved, but like, there was no way I was like training or like doing stuff worth like, I was doing movement for health, not fitness. What, what wanes first? What, what, what do you, what skills do you lose first? I had this guy on who is the, um, 
uh, director of uh, strength and conditioning from the UFC. And he was saying that the thing that goes first, I think was speed mm. and then strength. It, w- what goes first for you? Where do you notice it? What, what makes you say that you wouldn't be ready? I mean, shit, you competed at the games. Yeah. I, uh, honestly, I think it's more mental than anything. Like you're, you're like the mental side of it. Like you just don't feel you're not familiar with the pain cave and like you have to re familiarize yourself with that. So so a break away from that isn't good. Like makes you like, I almost feel like it's the kind of thing you'd want to forget about. Yes. And no, I don't know. Like I think the more that you're used to feeling uncomfortable, the easier it is to feel uncomfortable. Right. Okay. Okay. For me, for me, uh, I don't even, never mind. I'm not even going to say for me. Who gives a fuck about me? <laughs> uh, so, so you'll do this. So are you doing the Zello games? Why are you doing the Zello games? Um, Jared sent us out an email like a while back, just inviting us to do it. Um, and it's in our home gym. So there's like really no reason not to. There's good money. Um, and yeah, it's a He's good a friend. Learning. It's yeah. close by. It's good money. It's a learning experience. Are you ready for yeah. it? Yeah, I'd say so. And the mouth is all better? The wisdom teeth are all oh. better? Everything's good? Yeah. If, after like two weeks, like the swelling was all gone. But it was like um, almost a month where I, this was like the width I could open my mouth. And that was oh, it. Shit. Like if Matt was still on here, like we went to lunch a little bit after and he was like, laughing at me because i was like shoving like the food in my mouth because i couldn't it was terrible hey did you lose a lot of weight during that time not not wanting to Mm -hmm. eat not 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 being able to eat not really i mean probably like within i usually fluctuate within like five pounds so i probably lost like a little bit but it came back quickly how long have you been at underdogs athletics Uh, a little over a year now i started last september if um if you if you haven't seen the uh original podcast I did with um Alex Gazan, that's who you're staring at right now in the blue shirt. Um you, you, uh it, it's probably one of the best podcasts uh guests I've ever had on. She absolutely murdered it. She was so fucking cool. Um the comments were off the chart. Uh, I I highly recommend it's worth getting to know her. Thank you. She, uh, I was talking to Matt about the fact that um, there it is, and there she's in a red shirt. Oh, same, same, but different. <laughs> same location. Yep. What is that? What is that on top of your? Um, what is that on top of your uh, cabinet up there? It's still there. Is that is that uh, a, your, an urn? There's a dead person in there. Oh no! It's a tub of protein. It doesn't fit in the cabinet. Oh okay. All right. Um, you've been there a year. I was talking to uh, Matt about this and a lot of shit happened when you came there. Um, Bethany was there, right? Mm-hmm. And Carrie was there mm-hmm. and Danielle was there. Mm-hmm. Three high profile athletes. N- n- now that they're gone. Um, h- how has it changed the vibe? How has it changed has it changed your motivation at all? Do you, are you less interested in coming in because like maybe your friends aren't there or the excitement's not there? Are you more interested? Is, has there been any like difference in the energy now that those three are gone? 
And I guess you were lucky to have Carrie come back recently. Matt was saying that you guys got to have Carrie back, which, by yeah. the way, speaks volumes about Justin Kotler and Underdogs Athletics, that someone as high profile as her who could probably train anywhere would come back to her stomping ground. Yeah, um, it's been so awesome having Carrie come in. Like, I would say the absence of those three is just like you don't get to see how high the ceiling can be sometimes. Like, if we're all doing a workout – and Carrie beats us by like two minutes. You're like, wow. Okay. Like I thought I did good, but there's like this much better I can be. Um, so that was definitely like something to get used to. Um, not having that. Uh, sorry. Can you hear me? I feel like I'm echoing. Uh, I hear you good. I don't have an okay. echo either. Okay, cool. Um, and then I, I would say like, since it all happened kind of gradually, like, there wasn't this like shock factor of like, Oh, training's different. I feel like it just slowly um, kind of evolved into what it is now. And I mean, I'm just as excited, if not more to go to the gym every day. I feel like throughout the year, like my relationship with Justin and Ashley has grown and my relationship with Allie and Kyra and Matt. And like, just cause Bethany and Danielle aren't there anymore. Like we still have a really good and competitive and like growth focused camp um i don't know i'm like almost like more excited too just because like you start to see the progress and you see the change and then you're like okay like if that happened in a year like what's next i i saw you had a you um oh shit caleb sorry i i didn't did i i didn't put a link for you i saw you had a 400 pound deadlift the other day yeah how crazy is that it was I'll show you on my fridge, or I don't know if I can flip my camera mid thing. Probably not. Um, I'll walk over. I have a little like goals thing on my fridge, and I wrote that on there like last year, and so it's really cool to cross it off. The first time you did a deadlift, how much did you deadlift? The very first time, do you remember? Oh gosh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Was it like 65 pounds or something? 95 pounds? I, I mean, I remember like doing uh, some workouts at the CrossFit Viento where I started. And I'm sure like I lifted like the 155. Like I would have done RX for the workout. So I don't know. I mean, I've probably 155. Wow. Okay. And how old were you? Um, when I started, I was 16. Um, and I never really maxed out until probably I was like 17. And do you remember what your max was then? Mm -hmm. I think I hit like 315 or 320. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is just nuts. Do you, do you always do deadlifting barefoot? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yes, I try to, I like it barefoot. Do you do a lot of your workouts barefoot? A lot of my, I back squat barefoot and I deadlift barefoot. Um, how about, how about any actual workouts? No, cause in a competition you have to wear shoes. So, right. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. Um, whose idea was it to go for a, uh, yeah, this is nuts too. So that's a Strix press at 170 pounds. Mm -hmm. Do you like that movement? I love that movement. You do. Yeah. What are you focusing on when you do that? Are you focusing on a muscle group? Uh, it's kind of counterintuitive, but like squeezing my butt. <laughs> okay. So that's like, just a cue for you. Squeeze your butt yeah. and the rest of the shit from there just lines up. 
Yeah, because like my arms are pretty strong, so as long as I like stay in a vertical like plane, then I'm fine. Like, um, and look how far back you lean back in that too. I wonder if you would have just murdered the the log press. I was watching that. I was like, oh, because I mean, obviously, technique is super important with Olympic lifting, and it's something I've been working on for a long time. So the log press looked a lot more just like brute strength focused. <laughs> It looks fun. That would have been something cool to try. Hey, is that leaning back farther than than most people? How you lean back like that? Is that is that you're getting into your chest there? Is that why you're doing that? Um, I don't know. I feel like it's just a natural position for me. Uh, I mean, my back you can't really tell because my t shirt, but I try not to like arch my low back too much. But my yeah, I lean a little more probably to engage my pecs. God, that is so crazy that you that you strict press one seventy. Thank you. Absolutely nuts. Um, and and uh, this is all hard work. This is all just grinding. How many hours a day are you in the gym? Um, I say this with a grain of salt because I don't want people to take it the wrong way. We're in there from like 1130 to like 330 or 4 for like our main session. But like there's a lot of um, time in between. Like you're like eating a snack. You're transitioning um when i was younger i'd hear athletes say that or like say like they work out seven eight hours a day and i was like oh my gosh but then you realize a lot of it is just like stretching eating talking um so like my training day will take up most of the day from my morning session to the main session but like actual working out can like we have like probably like a, a morning piece that's anywhere from like 20 minutes to an hour we have lifting that takes probably like an hour. Um, a Metcon that can take anywhere from like four minutes to 20 minutes. And then accessory work that takes like anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes. Like it just depends. But um, I'm there for most of the day. Um, do you ever cool down? I've been trying to. Like something we've been doing after workouts is like sitting on a bike for like five minutes, just spinning, um, after like a session. No, but I mean like really cool down. Do you, I, maybe you can't get cooled down at your age. I mean, do you, in that time, are you ready to go the whole time? Like, do you ever oh. like, or are you warm the whole time? Like at any moment, if someone switched the programming on you, could you just pivot and do anything once you get um, warm after, let's say by noon, if you get there at 11 from noon until the time you leave, are you like, you can go? I wouldn't. Yes and no. Like, do you I ever warm up twice? I guess is what I'm asking. Sorry. Do you ever have sometimes, to like yes. warm up, cool down, and then have to warm up again? Yes, sometimes. Like, if we have like, say, the lifting and the metcon takes a while, just like depending on what it is. Like, sometimes like, oh, I want a snack. Like, I need to take a break before I do like my skill and accessory. So then I'll like do a mini rewarm up or something. Um, at, at Rogue this year, there was a I, th I think it was a seven round event. I can't remember. Someone will tell us in the mm -hmm. in the comments. But Roman um didn't have the. I mean, he was he was amazing. I'm not dogging him, but um he had a performance that didn't like live up to I guess what some people thought he was going to do. And when they interviewed him about it, he said it was because he didn't fuel properly right before mm -hmm. the event. Is that is that? Yeah. And I was calling bullshit on that. But is that, but now I'm hearing you talk. Is that real? Oh, like I'm he just sure. Said he, he said he just didn't have enough carbs. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially like I was telling Jake, I felt like that event rogue, honestly, like the programming and the intensity of it, like it looked more um, physically taxing than the games just because it was so much 
like so quickly and so heavy. And um, I, I'm sure lots of athletes, if they weren't like shoving carbs down their throat, were feeling, I mean, you're going to feel like trash no matter what, but like, I'm sure it was really easy to mess that one up for fuel. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that. That's crazy. That yeah. I think that's something that like someone like me doesn't understand. Cause I never put myself in that situation. I mean, rarely, like I have to like not eat for like fucking 10 hours before I, I yeah. would, would notice something like that. Well, like if you think about it, their glycogen stores were probably are like, they were probably gone by day one just because of all the heavy lifting, like the back squats, like that's so much out of you. And, um, if you're not like on top of your carbohydrates, like, and you're, like I said, you're going to feel like shit no matter what. So he might've just been feeling the whole weekend. Um, but food, I feel like definitely would play a big part in that. And that affects your recovery too. So not necessarily for that event, but if you didn't eat the day before, well, then you're kind of already setting yourself up for like a bad day. Like you can get into a hole and it can be hard to get out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Travis from Vindicate, I want to work out with them just for the s- snack breaks. They're not that exciting. <laughs> I, I'm paraphrasing, but when you talk about your games experience, you sort of couch it with there wasn't a lot of pressure on you because it was your first games and you were just excited to be there. That was maybe maybe enough. As you start prepping to go, as you start seeing the open pop up on the calendar, um, do you feel like this year is going to be different for you? That there's going to be new levels of stress that you kind of set the bar for yourself to get to the games, and there's going to be some unexpected like psychological pieces that roll roll up. Sure, like with anything. Like I remember my first semifinal, I didn't feel pressure, and then the second, like last year at Granite Games, I felt a ton of pressure. So I'm sure there will be that shift, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed my CrossFit experience by being able to like not stress about the leaderboard and just like look at everything as a learning opportunity. Um, So I would love to take as much of that with me as I can for next year, but there's, there's more pressure. Like I have bigger goals for myself. Like I don't want to go and get 24th again. Like I want to make some moves. And um, so with that comes more pressure. Are, Are you spending a shitload of time on your weaknesses? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Like our programming is pretty like well-rounded and um, like I'm doing a lot more high volume chest to bar and toes to bar, like things that typically would have hurt me are getting better. um, When you say well-rounded, so you don't work on your weaknesses like specifically or. I just feel like we always have like the programming just like they always hit on it. And now it's just a little extra. So like, where I used to maybe do chest to bar and toes to bar once a week. And I'm doing it twice a week, but it's not like, Oh, let's throw everything else out the window. And you're going to do that four days a week. It's smart. It's like, you're still working on the things you're good at while chipping away at the weaknesses. Are you spending all your time in Vegas? Uh, yeah. I mean, I went to Oregon for a few days for my brother's birthday last month, but like, otherwise I'm here. Are you liking it? Yeah. I I love the sunshine. I like that it stays warm for a lot longer. <laughs> um, since uh, you went to the games, um, I'm guessing there's been more attention put on you. A little bit, yeah. Is it, it has that? It, have there been any challenges in managing that attention? More DMs, more calls, more maybe sponsor obligations, 
any any difficulties with that no no it's actually been really nice like having some sponsorship opportunities come up has been really exciting just because when you're in that limbo period where like you're still working and training like it's a lot more stressful so hopefully getting to a place where i can uh just train full-time without having to coach as often or focus on like financial stuff is really really exciting and um as far as like attention like not much has changed like I mean, CrossFit's like small. You go to the grocery store, no one knows who you are. <laughs> like, it's right. really irrelevant. Um, how and and how is Jake living in? Jake's your husband. Yes. And is he living in Vegas also with you? Oh yeah, he's finally home. So he was gone for his work season until, um, pretty much almost the beginning of September. Uh, so he's back. We're back living together, and yeah. And, and he fits in smoothly. He doesn't come home and you're like, he doesn't fuck with your routines or he like puts the oatmeal in the wrong drawer or something like that. Um, it takes a couple of weeks to like readjust. Like we miss each other. So like the little stuff doesn't really, you don't notice it. And then a couple of weeks later, like, okay, like when I come home from work, like I want to go to bed. I don't want to like wait for you to eat your dinner, like things like that. So it takes a little bit to readjust, but he's super supportive and like understands like the importance of routine and like structure with the goals of the CrossFit game. So he's all in for early bedtime and all that stuff. Is that a dog drinking water? Oh my gosh. Can you hear her? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's okay. Yeah. She's drinking water. That's a thirsty dog. What kind of dog yeah. is that? Uh, Luna. We got her from the pound like a month ago. Luna, come here. Come here. She's so cute. I love her. You wanted to complicate your life. It was too easy, so you got a dog. No, she's so sweet. Oh, she is cute. Wow. And get this. So she got adopted from the pound and then brought back. So they adopted her and then didn't know they couldn't have like a large dog breed. And she got brought back. So when we went and saw her, she was just like little, I mean, not little puppy. She was like 10, 11 months, but like little sad puppy and she's just so great wow congratulations Thank next you. year guys are going to end up having a kid careful oh uh, i mean it, the baby fever comes and goes but then i i like sleep too much i'm too selfish oh that dog has some that's the dog i just saw yeah that dog has some great dane in it yeah we think so so that was like the day we got her her coat was missing like she really had a ton of like patches and um yeah Wow. How big is that dog? Um, I mean, she's tall, but she's pretty light. Like, you can lift her up pretty easy. Uh, Who was Duke? Duke was my baby. He passed away, passed away right after the games. Oh, I'm so sorry. Shit. That's okay. That was like so another... Had... Oh, go ahead. You had another dog. Yeah, Duke was my baby. Um, that was another reason I didn't do Rogue, like... I was so excited for the off season. Like I had never had one before cause I'd never like trained through the games. And I was like, Oh, this is going to be so cool. Like Jake and I are going to like go to classes. We'll go on hikes. Like we'll like hang out. And I got home from the games. Jake went right back to work. Like he wasn't able to be off, which normally he is. I got my wisdom teeth out and my dog passed away. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like the worst idea. How old is the dog? He was six. He was, or seven, maybe he was young, but, um, 
it was unexpected. He got heat stroke and uh yeah. Oh shit. Vegas killed him. Mm-hmm. It was oh god. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> oh my oh my goodness, that's such a beautiful dog. Holy cow. He is such a good boy. Um, you're coaching. Uh, sorry. 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 No, sorry. no, it's okay. No more. No more. Yeah, bring the dog up one more time. Let's see if she cries completely. No. Um. Uh. Uh. You're you're coaching at the gym. Uh. Yes. How is that? You digging it? Yeah, I love coaching. Um. Sorry. Uh. Yeah. Do you, really you like do you have it? Do you have a nutritional consultant business? You do. Do nutritional it's consulting? Not really, like I do it, but I'm not. I don't like promote it or. Um, it's like one of those things. Like if I have a person at the gym that wants nutrition coaching, like I'll pick them up, but I don't like go seek clients. Okay. So so back to the coaching. How how often are yeah. you coaching? Um, right now, like three nights a week. Um, I do the night classes. And are you? So and, I, and you do like it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't love getting home late, but like, I think there's something really special, like being involved with the gym community. Um, like, then you get to share experiences like the games or like qualifying to the games. I got to come home and like the gym that I coach at, like all my members, like set up a surprise party for me. And like, you feel, you feel involved. And I feel like CrossFit's such a selfish sport that like, when you don't have that community, like you're not able to share those, like the wins or the losses with anyone. So I like it. Come on, Savon, know the room. Sheesh. It's okay. It's okay. I, I love talking about him. He was a good dog. He was a really good dog. What if I, what if I do know the room and I wanted her to cry? I had this all <laughs> planned out at minute 29, bring up the, the passed away loved ones. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, so what, what happens after, so you do Zelos games, mm -hmm. um, you win that, you collect some loot. What's the plan after that? Are, are you going to down under also? Oh no, I want to maybe next year. I'd love to go to Australia just to travel there. Um, I'm going to do Wadapalooza as a team and then honestly just train through for the games. Like Justin and I have had a lot of talks, like that's our goal and that's just kind of where we're going to put our focus. And who's on your team at Wadapalooza? I don't, uh, I think I can spill the beans. Uh, Carrie and Ariel Lowen. Wow. Wow. You know, when I, when I talk to you, I think of you as kind of Ariel Lowen 2.0. Have you guys <laughs> hung out together? You and Ariel? I love Ariel. Her and Danny Spiegel were like my, I called them my moms at the games. Like they kind of like, yeah, took me under their wings and I love them both so much. It was so fun. And they're just like really wholesome people. You heard the story about how Danny did kind of like, uh, I guess Ariel showed up late one day to uh athlete briefing at the games. And Danny's like, Hey, I'm going to drive you every day now to the games. Danny took uh, Ariel. Do oh, you know yeah. that story? Uh, yeah. I don't know that story in particular, but that sounds like Danny. Like she texted me one night. She's like, Hey, I'm having an ice bath at eight, like come over. And so like, I went over and, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna go in for two minutes, and she's like, no, you're gonna do three. <laughs> like she's such a mom, it was great. 
Why do you think she does that? Why do you think she shares? She's she, it's the CrossFit Games. Why is she sharing her ice bath with you? Like I don't. I mean, I think you can be competitive and still like care about other people. And I think from all the interactions I've had with Danny, like she does at least from this is me. Um, just what would be the word? I'm just putting thoughts into my head. Um, I feel like she does it for the love of the sport and like the love of the community. Like I know she wants to do well, but I don't think her ultimate goal is to win the games. Like I think she's like, I want to be at the games and like do my best and also enjoy life and like meet people and have these experiences. And I don't know. I really appreciated it. Like she was very real. Like she wasn't like playing any head games. Like, Oh yeah. Like I feel great. Like if she was sore, she like was like, yeah, I feel like trash. Like, and right. that was, that was cool. I really appreciated it, especially as a rookie, like, you don't know anything. And, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. What a great story that she did that. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you think you would do that? Yeah, actually. Like, I feel like I've been so lucky to have people like Carrie and Bethany and Danielle and all those guys like share stuff with me. And there's room for six. Everyone, there's enough room for a lot of people to be successful. And there's, if you have like a abundance mindset, then like, it doesn't matter. I love it. I, uh, I have a feeling not a lot of athletes would do that. Be like, hey, come over to my room and ice bath with me. I mean, I don't know. If you win and you're not a nice person, no one really cares. <laughs> Good point. Good point. At least, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't care. So that's so cool that you're going to be doing that with Ariel Lowen and uh, Carrie Pierce. And th- I guess this is th- – um, Justin uh, Kotler has you know hinted several times and it's been you know various places that Carrie is going to come back and try to go team at the games. Are you going to go team at the games? Um, I'm open-minded to it, but that is not for sure because she's still deciding, like, she wants to have kids and, like, she's been competing so long that, like, her hormones are, like, a little off balance just because she's been so lean and so fit for forever. So that's kind of, like, a big factor about um, her maybe coming back or not is just if um, she's healthy and it wouldn't affect her future with kids and stuff. It was baby. Uh, Dick butter. <laughs> I'll ice bath with you anytime. Sevy. Oh, oh, that's my cool. God. That's, that's sweet. Funny. That's sweet. But I'm not really, I'm not a competitive games athlete, but I, I appreciate it. Um, and then, so, so Carrie Pierce, um, Ariel Lowen, Wadapalooza. It, does that have, that's before the open, correct? Yeah, that's January. And when you train for this, um, is there, is there peaking or is it's not like that at all? It's just always be ready for everything. Um, I mean, I think kind of, like I said, I'm just training with like the games in mind. And so we'll just kind of keep training and then we'll probably have like a little deload or something before Wadapalooza to like gear up for it. But I think team of three, two day comp, like it's not like you rogue or, an individual like Dubai where it's like three days and you need to be like primed. I feel like if you're not at your peak, it's okay. I mean, you want to like be fit, but I don't think it's end all be all. And and why not Dubai? Does it even pop on your radar as a possibility? Like how much attention do you even give that? Uh, It did. Justin said, no, it's just, it's too much travel. Um, And it's like, if you want to do Wadapalooza, you definitely can't do Dubai. And, um, I personally would rather do Wadapalooza as a team than do Dubai this year, at least. Uh, don't make her cry. I cried last time she was on the podcast. She cried. 
Yeah, crying's weird. It's contagious as shit, right? Yeah. I feel like I cry. I, don't, I cry a lot. <laughs> Do you think that's because you train so hard? Probably. I've had, I, uh, yeah, I think that's a thing. Because oh, it's, it's emotionally, um, I don't want to use the word exhausting because it's, it's, it sounds like it's pejorative or negative, but, but it is, it, it, it's, it's, it's heavy on the emotion, right? Yeah. I think it's funny because you'll just have like, say there's like a hard workout and like, you're fine with it. Like you're totally fine with like being in the pain cave and like doing the work, but your body, like sometimes I'll just literally start crying. I'm like, Justin, I promise I'm fine. I'm just like, this is just happening. (laughs) It's not me. I never thought of this before, but it's almost like, you know, you know, after the games are over and and like, so this year there was, there was this programming that was unique to the games this year. And we had Adrian there and some athletes would post stuff. And it's almost like, I don't think people realize how taxing the games are emotionally on athletes. And maybe they shouldn't post for like three or four days, what their thoughts are about the games. Because there's yeah. in such a, a there's such a vulnerable and emotionally volatile spot that it's like they probably are going to post things that they don't even really mean. Yeah, I you, you know what I mean. Because I was in a more like learning mindset and just like I'm here to experience it. I didn't. I feel like I was able to stay pretty even keel throughout the week. Um, but I would reflect back on like Granite Games where I was very like my emotions were up down up down, and yeah, it's a lot. Do you have a good cry after the games? Like just go up to your room, like before the, did you go to the party that night? We like went and said hi, but I was so tired. Right. I think, right. Yeah. We went and said hi and then went to bed. But um, do, do you ever just sit there? Like, did you, did you have a good cry after the games? Like not cause it's sad or anything, but just like a release. I didn't cry after the games, but I cried after granite games a bit. Um, did, did you make it, did you have to go through the last chance qualifier? No, I made it through Granite Games. That's why what, it was like probably a lot more emotional. What what place did you take? Fourth. And and who took fifth? Uh, Emily Rolf. Oh wow! And who took third? Um, I don't remember the order. I know Mal got first, and then I think Amanda, and then Danny. Oh shit! So you even come from the same region as uh, as Danny. Yeah, that's where I kind of like met her. Well, I had met her before, but like that's when I first like actually interacted with her more. So then the games was like, okay, like I know Danny. Oh, what what about the what about the way it's working this year? Do you like the format changes? Honestly, okay, you'll have to refresh me. It's two semifinals now. I have no uh, fucking idea. I was hoping you'd okay. carry the show. Yes, 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 Sorry. two semifinals. No, 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 no. It's uh, my fault. I, Caleb, uh, don't laugh. Don't laugh. Uh, yeah, two semifinals, two, two North, two North American semifinals. Caleb, do you know someone, someone tell us, so you don't care. So I guess, I guess, go ahead. Two North American semifinals and then whatever else the rest of the world does. Okay. So I guess the answer is, is you don't give a shit. You know what you have to do. You're just right. Yeah. I mean, that's, which is fair. Why would you give a shit? It's completely out of your control, right? Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, since I've done CrossFit, I, cause I started in 2017, they've changed it so many times since I've started that like at the end of the day, you just have to be fit. <laughs> like, don't, I don't know. I think the logistics, like they can matter, but not to the point of trumping your fitness. 
I think the eyeballs on it this year may be bigger than ever, and it's going to be more grandiose than ever. And the reason why is because so many fucking people are going to be qualifying out of these regions, and there's going to be so many pipe hitters there. And I think the mm-hmm. coverage is probably going to be the best. And I think it's going to be just absolutely nuts. And I, and I think people's feelings are also going to get hurt. I think it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a I fist think, fight down there. I think something hard that I didn't have to do last year that we would all have to do this year is um, luckily all the girls at our camp got split up for the four semifinals oh, last year, oh. but this year we'll all be together because we're all on the West coast. Um, so that will be a little interesting. I mean, I don't expect anything bad. We're all very cordial and want the best for each other, but that will definitely be an interesting change. How many, how many aspiring games athletes are in the underdogs athletics corral? Do you know, do you have any Um, idea? Is it five, 10, 20? Like just in-house in-house like people people that you see let's say let's say people you see at least once a quarter like people that roll through there even people like ricky okay um i mean so in the gym like at camp rhino there's myself kyra um ali uh there's like carson wolf just moved here um my friend sabrina so there's like five of us that are all like are all of our goals like individual. Um, there's a couple of teen athletes, obviously, but as far as like individual, like there's five of us that are all that's our main goal. I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. Oh, and Elena Buds just moved here. Um, she's awesome. So she lives here now. So that's another one. Um, and then as far as like people that just rotate through, um, I'm not quite sure. For the West Coast. So it's a pretty active camp. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and then the same with the guys? Are there about the same amount of guys? Mm, no. Maddie's kind of – he's a little lone wolf. Uh, Matt, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. There's there's more. So there's Matt, uh, Allie's boyfriend, Raph. Uh, oh, boy, that's good company. That's a cool dude. Yeah, he's great. And then Carrie's boyfriend, Mitch, um, those three, uh, there's a couple like other guys that like compete, not full, full time, but, um, I don't want to like forget anyone. Cause then I'll be like, I don't want to get yelled at. I can't believe you forgot me. I trained by you every single day. I know. <clears throat> hey, are the teen athletes, are the teen athletes boys or girls? Uh, girls. There's Kendall. She's really good. She's going to be great. Um, Kendall, there's a girl named Maya, um, and then Marley. They're all girls, actually. I don't think we have any team guys. Camp Camp and Camp Rhino's name of the gym, and that's where the Zello games are going to be. Yeah. Will Jake be there with you that during that whole thing? Yeah, he will. He'll be here, which would be nice. Yeah, and and, and will he go to Wadapalooza with you? Uh, that he might not do just cause it's an expensive trip. And if I'm doing team, like I'll probably be with the girls most of the time. Um, but he might like, I have, pre- I love his presence in competition now. Like we finally kind of found our groove. And, um, but wow. I think he doesn't. So, so there was a point you didn't, there was a point where it's like, no. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the truth be told is you guys didn't find your groove. He found his groove. As Snoop Dogg would say, uh, no. get in where you fit in. No? No, I, I had to grow too. Um, you did? Okay. I would say like West Coast was a good like wake up call. And that's where we kind of realized we needed to figure out how we were going to interact for competitions. <laughs> right. Like there has to be some sort of rule. This is, we're not at home. There has to be like communication rules. Yeah. It's just more like, I think we both had expectations of each other that we didn't express. And so he felt like, I'm just going to say this and like, it's a very overdramatic statement, but like he probably felt like I was being selfish and like just in my own world and like not aware of like anything he was doing for me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like you're needing so much stuff from me. I'm busy. Like you're not my coach. (laughs) Like just, that's like a very like dramatic version of it, but, um, right. Yeah. It kind of is that way though. Right. Like, so if I, if like, like after the show's over, I could just walk into like, um, uh, my house and be like, Oh, Hey, my mom just texts us. She wants us to come over. But like mm-hmm. all that shit, like what, like maybe the week before you compete and the week yeah. you compete, like you can't, you, you have to just stop saying that shit. Right. Like my wife knows not to talk to me 30 minutes before a show goes on. Unless it's, do you need coffee? Can I give you a kiss? Because 30 minutes before the show goes on, I start doing the show in my head. And so if someone talks to me during that time, I feel like they're interrupting the show. Oh, interesting. It's really weird. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll fucking snap. And so I'm guessing like the week before the game, uh, uh, the games come, you're, you're already at the games. You're starting it's to visualize even- the events. You don't give a shit if fucking the dog's sick or you're low on dog food <laughs> or fucking someone accidentally bleached your clothes. Like, hey, don't like, I'm at the games. Or yeah. No, it's not I- like that. Yes and no. I think for me, like the biggest thing is like, um, I tend to be like a people pleaser. So like if people call me or text me, like I feel obligated to like interact with them. Um, and so like, I'll give an example with my manager, Benji, like he's awesome and he's super helpful. And like, like, what can I do? How can I help you? And like, he'll call and be like, Hey, like how'd the event go? And I'm like, Benji, if I need you, like, I'll call you, but like, don't you're fine. I don't need you. That's a great relationship. That sounds like a great relationship, by the way, that you can talk to him like that. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're good friends. So with like Jake, like I think where we struggled was like, I'm just going to use West coast as an example. Like he is very like, uh, he was an aggressive cheerleader at that competition. And like, it sounded a lot more to me, especially on the floor that he was like telling me to do stuff and telling me to go faster and like do this. And I was like, you get your ass out here and do it like stop. Um, and so now like I've learned that I'll just come from a place of him being excited and like, he's learned what I respond to and what I don't like. I've learned how to make sure he feels appreciated and loved, like that. I do care about his presence and like, I want him there just not yelling at me. You know, when I, I was cheering, um, we did a show and Andrew Hiller just broke out and did heavy grace in the middle of the show. That's awesome. And, and, and I was cheering him on and Taylor self was on the show too. And he said, basically like, if, if I would like, if you were cheering me on like that, I'd tell you, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and yeah, different strokes for different. So, so basically he's figuring out, yeah, he's figuring out what you need. To, to, to make help your performance. Hey, that people pleaser thing is fucking got, I wonder how you're going to manage that because I've gotten better. I've gotten a lot better. 
Like I'm like even to- DMs, right? Do you something superficial? Like, do you feel like you have to respond to everyone who DMs you? No. I mean, like, if it's someone like, if I met someone like at a competition and they're like, hey, like, so nice to meet you. Like, I'll try to respond to stuff like that. Um, But if it's like some random stranger that's like, hey, I'm like, okay, like, that's, I don't need to respond to that. Um, But yeah, I've gotten a lot better. Like, I used to say yes to everything, even if it was inconvenient and like, now I'm learning to say no to hanging out with a friend. Like, even if I want to, but like, if it's not the right choice, like it's okay to say no. As, as someone who, um, interacts with a lot of athletes, I want to tell you, it's perfectly okay to ghost people because if anyone doesn't understand how busy you are or how text messaging works, like fuck them. Like you don't need high maintenance people. Like, I think, I think a lot of people, like I'd say 90% of the people I ghost it's on accident. Yeah. It is absolutely on accident. It is like, I, I, and I, and I, so it's kind of like, I just give everyone carte blanche, like, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, uh, I, I guess at never, that point, it's not even ghosting. It's just like, Hey, I got overwhelmed and you got, you got pushed down yeah. into fucking like 400 texts down below. And now I, I can't find you. Yeah. I think like texts are like an exception. Cause sometimes you miss one or you're busy, but like, I don't think I, would ever want someone to feel like I just was like, Oh, I'm, I'm too busy for you. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. Fuck them. Cause that's not how you feel. No, I know. So if like, they yeah. feel that, if they feel that, because like, I mean, I have that shit with my fucking parents. <laughs> so my, so check this out. My, my wife would always FaceTime my dad in Armenia when I'm in the podcast because they're 12 hours difference. Mm-hmm. So then my dad tells my mom, that I'm avoiding him and I never come on the FaceTime calls oh, and he's man. pissed at me. And it's like, yeah. dude, That's like, I would bad. love to see you. You're my dad. I would love to see you. So if people like, like, it's just, I just hate yeah. that shit. I think if people really know you, then they know that that's not true. Are you saying my dad doesn't really know me? Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. It's okay. He still loves me. I still love him. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Zello's Games, you start competing on Saturday the 12th, mm-hmm. and you'll compete Sunday. Mm-hmm. You'll put on a show for us. We'll get our money's worth. Wait, it's free. Oh, yeah, but you're coming down, huh? No, I'll, but I'll be watching from here and commentating. Oh, God, oh my yeah. God, I can't believe Alex choked on that. Hey, that's not nice. <laughs> I can't believe Alex killed that. Better. Oh, my God, Jake's run out onto the court. He's helping her. That'd be funny. Uh, I'm really excited to see it. I'm glad you and Matt are doing it because I know both of you from the show and it excites me and I think it supercharges the event and I think you're both really both endearing people and uh, and I'm really happy with what uh, Jared's doing. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be fun. I'm excited to see it all like come to life because we've seen like layouts on like the computer and we'll just see how he transforms the gym. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. I know you oh, said yeah, you were tired anytime. and I know it's, I know it's early as shit. I appreciate it. No, I forgot about daylight savings. It feels good. It's like only, I mean, normally it's like 10 by now, but it's only nine. I, Caleb, were you saying bye? Like you're leaving? Oh no, I was talking to my wife. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were waving to Alex. Goodbye. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, thank you. I'm glad daylight savings worked out good for you. Uh, tell yes. Jake I said hi, and I look forward to the day of meeting him. Yeah, I will. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Bye. Alex.
Bye. Do you kick me out or do I leave? Um, bye. <laughs> Hope that was self-explanatory. Okay, I need dating advice like ASAP. Go ahead, shoot. Let's hear it. Let's get into it, Heidi. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, the Zealous Games, um, myself and the, the basically the same team from Rogue will be covering it. Uh, Hiller will be the head judge. It's gonna be it's gonna be funny. This thing is gonna be so funny. This thing is. This thing's gonna you be say wild. Hiller's the head judge. Yes, Hiller's the head That's judge the of the Zealous up. Games. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Brian's and Brian will be involved there. And I've talked to Jr. about coming on, and Caleb and Souza will be here, and it is going to be a uh, a party. I'm sure we'll hear from John Young and and others, Mister Spin, Mister Brian Spin. It's too much to text. Is it, All right, is Brian's name actually Brian Spin? I don't think so. I have no I have no idea. That's a good question. I have no idea. That would be great if it was. I think spin is like when you spin a story, right? So he called mm-hmm. it barbell spin, like you you spin up a story. Gotcha. Okay. Be cool though. Right. Um, okay. Thanks for checking in. It's a cool show. That was nice seeing Delugos and Alex uh Gazan again. Very sorry for making Alex cry. Hey, the truth is for that. the truth is I really wanted to know how the dog died of heat stroke, but I was so scared of where it could go. I was yeah, so yeah. scared of where it could go. Yeah, yeah, it felt so, pretty shitty. So it was I was pretty like, crappy about that. my imagination did not go to good places. Yeah, mine either. <laughs> I've never heard any I've never heard that before. Wish it was longer. Weird. All the time. Yeah, that's first first time I've heard that. Um Okay. Uh, okay. So Allison's on it. Heidi, Allison will help you with uh, your uh, um, dating advice. That well, that's yeah. Good. Don't let dudes help you with dating advice. It doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, oh, wait, I just looked to see who we had on tomorrow. I didn't even mention. It. I don't know where I. am in outer space right now. Oh, just, tomorrow we have an a- affiliate show. Cody Bradburn. We just had another show scheduled for next. Oh, it's not till next week though. Tuesday, Devin Kim. Wednesday, we have two shows, Christine Colenbrander and Aaron Cairo. If you don't know who Aaron Cairo is, it's at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. It's A-A-R-O-N-K-Y-R-O. He owns skateboarding on YouTube. He has a company called Braille, and they are the biggest thing, uh, I think, that's probably happened to skateboarding ever. Uh, On Thursday, we have uh, Jason Grubb, and Aaron's a cool dude. Uh... Jason is a, he's either adaptive or masters, masters, masters athlete, four-time champ, been on the show before. Super nice guy. I think he's there to promote. Is he a mayhem guy? Oh yeah, he is. You're right. Good memory. He seems like a very nice guy. I'm trying to date dudes. So that's why their perspective is helpful. Maybe we should have a Heidi dating show instead of a Daniel Brandon. Guys are, (laughs) Guys are torn between wanting to be nice to you and what they want from you and what they want to do to you. It's, it's a, it's a, they're a disaster. They're like a porcupine that wants to hug you. (laughs) Uh, number, uh, I'm actually having this fascinating conversation with this lady. We just moved it over from, uh, Instagram to text and I'm really excited. Ooh, things are getting serious. Yeah. And she's raising that's a, 
that's how you do it. You move from Instagram DMs to somebody texting you. And that's a progression in a relationship. You should try it sometime. Um, this, this lady's so cool. So she's a lesbian who is raising a boy. That's all I know. And she, every once in a while, she, she sends me a text telling me like some stories. And she told me a story the other day about going into the men's room with her son. And it was so fucking funny. I started laughing so loud, but the fact that she's sharing these like mother son moments with me, just it, it, uh, it warms my heart and I just fucking love it. But basically, uh, I think it's okay to say to tell the story because no one knows who she is, but she went to the bathroom with her son in the men's room. I'm, and, and I didn't, I haven't asked her this yet. I'll ask her, but I'm assuming she went in there just because she wanted her, the boy doesn't have a father's, but she wants her son to use the men's restroom. So she cruises in there by the way, which is totally fine. I have a complete double standard that I'm completely open with women. You are more than welcome in the men's bathroom. It's the men. I don't want going into the women's bathroom. That's that. If you have a penis, you cannot go into the women's bathroom because of some issues that we have across the board. There's no exception. Can't, we can't be in there. And so she goes into the men's bathroom with her son, and her son's using the urinal. And and this is such a typical boy thing. She sees her son looking over at a guy's dick in the urinal next to him. And that's the thing when you when you're. Do you remember being a little boy and going to the <laughs> urinal? And you're just like you're torn you between no wanting to see what's going on in the other ones and not look. And she said she caught her son checking out the dude's dick in the urinal. And she's like, "Hey!" And she said she used her deepest butch voice. That was her words to me. And I just fucking when she told me that, I just wanted to fucking hug the shit out of her. That's what a great hilarious. story. Like she'll have that story with her son now for the rest of her life. They'll be laughing oh, about it. When she's the, when gonna hang 18. that over his head for the rest of his life. He'll be embarrassed yeah. until he's 30. Yeah. I mean, it's such a those are the things that make being a parent so good. So so yeah. Okay. So I, I finally will be texting with her, and that's going to add, I think, value to my life. All right. Um, that's it. A lot of nice things said about Danny Spiegel on the show today. It's balance in the universe. We're making up for all the bad things we've said about Danny Spiegel. <laughs> right, right. All right. I got nothing else. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow, 7 a.m. Going to the tennis courts now. Bye-bye.